The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, hello there. Happy Tuesday to you, Chadville. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Uh, another busy one right here on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. Over the next four hours, going to be talking a wide range of topics from uh, social clubs for cannabis connoisseurs to um, graffiti. We know that there was a couple of uh, kids, uh, young men uh, arrested recently into uh, a huge amount of graffiti and tagging done in the city of Edmonton over the past while. But we're going to go to New York and talk to one of the most prolific graffiti artists. He's written books. He's a historian on graffiti. I said to my producer today, I said, what is it about graffiti? What is it? I don't know anything about it where it came from, the history of it, what does it mean? So we're going to talk to him. We'll talk a couple of uh, local issues. But right now, of course, it was 50 years ago today that Neil Armstrong, Michael Collins, and Buzz Aldrin blasted off for the moon from a launch pad in Florida on the Apollo 11 voyage. 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12 11, 10, 9, ignition sequence starts, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, all engine running, liftoff, we have a liftoff, 32 minutes past the hour, liftoff on Apollo 11. Oh boy, oh boy, it looks good, Wally. Somebody must be leaving the arm. shaking. We're getting that buffeting we've become used to. What a moment. Man on the way to the moon. Now this morning, Collins was back at Kennedy Space Center's launch complex 39A to reminisce about the beginning of their historic trip. July 16th, 69, our launch day, uh, when, I, when the three of us went out to the pad, I, I looked around and thought, something's wrong. Uh, it's not right out here. And the reason was, uh, when we had been out to uh, pad 39 before, it was a beehive. Workers were up and down, elevators, uh, had forklifts, uh, everything. Uh, it was a hub of machine activity. Not today. Nobody's around. We're the only ones. I think, geez, maybe they know something I don't know. But anyway, we finally found our way over to a little elevator, and we went up uh, 360 feet, roughly, and there was a little room. We called it the white room. It was uh, in the gantry, but it was wedged up against the side of the uh, uh, Saturn V rocket, and the hatch opened uh, there, and that was how we jumped into uh, Columbia for the trip to the moon. When I was standing up there, uh, I had a choice. I could look to my left, I could see beautiful ocean, beautiful beach, few birds going by, no sign of any human habitation. Over here is the most gigantic complex pile of machinery you've ever seen in your life. And this dichotomy, I didn't know how to handle it. I, I, I mean, I, I loved and admired all that machinery, but I didn't think I really wanted to look at it somehow. I wanted to look at the, <laughs> at the Florida Ponce de Leon. So, but that thinking was interrupted. And I was shoved into the command module and off we went. 
And off we went. That was Michael Collins, who um, was uh, back at uh, the launch pad today. Buzz Aldrin cancelled his appearance this morning. Their partner, of course, Neil Armstrong, died in 2002. Today was the start of eight days of golden celebrations for Apollo. And we start our show today with a look back at the mission and moon landing that captured the world's attention. Joining me is Dr. Chris Stockdale, uh, Associate Professor and Assistant Chair of Physics at the University of Marquette, Michigan. Dr. Stockdale, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Actually, we're at Marquette University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But, oh, uh, almost right. Sorry, the <laughs> wrong okay. Marquette. And you know what? Blame me because um, I've spent time in Marquette, Michigan. So. <laughs> They're both beautiful places, and sometimes I wish we were there, but not in wintertime. Uh, no, okay. My, my Marquette, <laughs> Wisconsin. My apologies on that one. That's okay. okay. So, um, Dr. Stockdale, you know, 50 years later, when you're hearing that, when you're watching that old, uh, that old video, looking back, how absolutely absolutely amazing was it that they did that at that time uh you know i, I was listening to your broadcast before i came on and I, i'm like starting to tear up a little bit as i hear <laughs> just hearing it um it's pretty incredible and um I've, I've had a lot of conversations with people we're, we're doing a job hire right now and i was talking to a candidate today and he was like oh my gosh um you know i, I remember i was nine years old on my grandfather's knee in front of a television set staring at the little fuzzy black and white image and we were just hoping that he wouldn't sink up to his knees in the you know in the quicksand that might be there and things like that and just you know the the, the sheer worries and concerns and um, you know all the pieces that went into making that the, uh, the mission and everything that went after it was just, just incredible. Uh, there was but, a, no, it's, it's awesome. There was a quote today saying, "quote It's one of the most important events, uh, not only in the history of the Western world, but in the history of humanity." Would you agree with that? And if so, why? I, I would agree with that um, uh, a lot because it's something where you know I don't think well. There's no other species that's ever been capable of of leaving their home in the way that we did um, and traveling for just the purpose or well, one of the primary purposes of just pure discovery and uh, adventure to go and uh, visit the moon our, our, our nearest sister world um, and just to, to, to say we've done it and collect samples bring it back um, it, it's incredible and the amount of effort you know, that started in the early 60s um, uh, that culminated uh, you know not even 10 years from, from when uh, President Kennedy mm -hmm. uh, gave NASA the charge to go to the moon in this decade, and uh, they were able to accomplish it. Um, and it, it's something where I, it'll, even to go back to the moon now, they're saying would take multiple decades. And you know, just the fact that we were able to do it back then with that technology is just incredible. Well, and, and I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, there's been talk about the return to, uh, return to the moon, I think, by 2024. Um, you're saying that it could take a, a lot longer. What are the challenges? with this we've done it once before 50 years ago what are, what are the challenges well the, the challenges are, are it's a good part of uh, scientific effort uh, in terms of getting the effort together to make it happen um, a lot of the technology that we went into going to the moon we've that technology how to design the rockets how to do these things um, it's still there but the, the personal expertise the people who did the work um, that was long gone and, and wasn't sustained in the subsequent years um, and so there's lots of you know technical feats that we have to do we have to you know recreate the machinery and the factories that were that were designing the Saturn V rocket and the new rockets that are that are coming that may take us to the moon or to Mars and um, you know, and if we want to go, if we want to use this as a mission, what do we do to 
advance it beyond where we were at because it's mm. it's uh leaving the earth is 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 incredibly difficult and fraught with peril i mean mm-hmm. every person who went to the moon uh was someone who was older who, who they they wanted to make sure they'd already had their kids just yeah. in case things happen out there and you know and just being gone for you know two weeks it, it you know you you put yourself at great risk because once you leave the earth and its magnetic field you're if a solar flare happens to go off or something like that you're you know you're you're at a risk of uh injury that you're not protected by on the earth and you know it's just there's a lot of danger that goes in with it and, and to to do this and to want to do that i, I i'm I mean, I'm impressed with the, the courage of those early oh. astronauts. You know, it's been it's, I've been lucky enough to interview um, uh, Colonel Chris Hadfield uh, a couple of times on this show and work a couple of events with him. And I know he oftentimes get asked, you know, but weren't you scared? And and he looked at, the, <laughs> and it was a young girl who asked the question, weren't you scared? And he said, but our preparation, our training made sure that we weren't scared. Because he turned to her and said, were you scared the first time that you rode a bicycle? And she said, yes, I was. He says, but after the 50th time of doing it and practicing and practicing and knowing exactly how to do it, were you scared? And she said, no. She says, it's the exact same thing as as what we do as astronauts. I I find the the way of thinking, I always thought it was very, very fascinating uh, to listen to our our space walkers and our space travelers uh, speak and about uh, the job that they do. Just back to Apollo for a second, Uh um, Chris. You know, the the space program aside and, and, and what, happened there what do you think it did for humankind and you know maybe this gave giving us humans these mere mortals whose feet will likely always stay on the ground a belief in in the possibility of what could be next um i I think i think what it really did i I, I was born a year after the landing so i have vague memories and my grandparents telling me that you know it was more around the last year we were landing on the moon but I think in that first year, from what I understand from individuals and what I've seen, there was just, you know, for like that first week, everybody was just in awe and waiting. And it was like we were all one people. Yeah. And I think that sense of coming together and because these are activities that, you know, rep- represent every person on the planet mm-hmm. and, I, and I think everybody can take some part in that and say wow that's incredible you know um, and oh, go ahead no go ahead uh, I was wrapping up sorry okay. <laughs> you know what uh, Jason just texted in and it was a question that I was going to ask you and it was you know it says you know Jay Lynn we went to the moon in 69 and 50 years later we haven't really gone any farther if you ask people in 69 they would think that we'd be on Mars by now but sadly we are not um, and and that's what I wanted to ask you about next and you know, maybe the future of space exploration I mean of course we have the International Space Station we have we have things happening in space but when it comes to space travel um, over the past 50 years some people as I said I think we're expecting greater things to happen yeah um, I my my parents used to tell me, you know, when they were children, that uh, they would have a rocket car by this time, and <laughs> we don't have the rocket cars either. Um, but uh, it's, seriously, um, we have been going places. Um, there've been a lot of unmanned missions. We've, we've, you know, charted the entire solar system in the in the since the the visit to Mars. We visited all the major planets. We visited a lot of the minor planets, and it, it's just a matter of how we do it, and and you know. It, it, 
it takes a it takes a large amount of capital and a large mm-hmm. amount of effort uh, from a country or a group of nations to to mount that that effort. And um, I, I don't know, I can't remember the exact cost, but it, it was a significant fraction of, of it was you know, a significant fraction of the time of the federal budget. You know like a few percent to get that manned mission to Mars. And yeah. NASA hasn't been at that funding level for a long no. time. And, and the other part is, you know, we have to think about what do we need to know before we go and mm. the kind of discoveries that will get us to what we want to do. And, like, the nearest planet, Mars, um, we, we could get there, and we could probably get there in a reasonable amount of time. But then we have to think about, you know, what are the aspects of um, what are the – reasons we want to go there and the the concerns for health and making sure you have supplies and you can get back safely and um so there's a lot of things that go into that and and it's it's a complicated it's it's a lot of complicated work and and when we go we want to make sure we're doing it right so i I think taking a slightly more conservative approach to sending unmanned missions to mars and you know getting us ready to ask the right questions. So when we go, where do we want to go? What do we want to look for? I think are really important things to do as well. And Dr. Chris Stockdale joining me this afternoon. You know, you look at the space program, as you mentioned, there's been ebbs and flows with it. Looking to the future, um, seeing the race, certainly uh, the race to space with the, the private and the semi-private, um, you know, the Elon Musks and all that sort of stuff. Where do you see that going, Chris? Have you been um, following it closely? I've been following a little bit. I think a lot of that effort is a lot of the private effort is actually funded by the government in some ways through grants and such as that uh, to help push that way. Uh, I think there's a lot of positive aspects of that. Um, I think getting back to leaving the leaving the planet to go to another world at like the moon or Mars again or the moon again or go to Mars eventually. Uh, that's probably not going to necessarily all come from private donors, though. It's just too big of an effort for, I think, even the Warren Buffetts and the uh, Bill Gates of the world to pull their money together, because um, you're, you're probably looking at trillions of dollars uh, that to, to over a period of time to, to fund into that effort, um, and, or somewhere close to that. And so it's it's you know it's going to take a big effort and it's going to take a. I think a, a, na- a group of nations, or at least you know, if, if it's not the U.S., then other, a group of other nations working mm-hmm. with the United States are coming together to, to put forth that effort. And I think the space station has been nice in the fact that we've gotten cooperation from a number of countries who sent astronauts up to the space station, and you know, that helps to build that expertise and that desire to go to space. And mm-hmm. so I think in the interim, that, it, it, it's been a good idea to, to have the space station there and uh, as, as long as it'll last. So, Chris, if I ask you to look in your in your um, in your magic ball, <laughs> you know where do you see where do you see space exploration? Maybe fifty years from now. Um, I think in fifty years we might. Well, hopefully we'll. Re- I, I imagine we will probably either return to the moon or p- potentially send a person to Mars. Mm. Um, at least I hope. Um, and I think it'll be uh, it'll be as incredible as it was back in the day. <laughs> um, and, and I think the amount of knowledge we've gained since then will help to make that next mission you know even more successful i mean when we went to the moon i think we brought back something on the order of uh, like 382 kilograms of rocks yep um and you know i think most of that a large fraction that was in the very last mission and you know they we went to we landed in different areas that would be you know 
we, we I think there uh, of the like six missions or seven missions the total because I forget yeah, they went to eighteen but we we uh, like no sorry. I think we went to 17, sorry, my bad. 18 never happened, and then 13 also had to come back before they got to the moon. Uh, but in the missions that we sent, you know, it was incredible what they did. They did a lot of lunar, lunar geology. Um, I don't know if geology is quite the right word there because yeah. you mean the Earth, but uh, they, they did a lot of studies of the lunar surface and the interior. Um, they, set, they, they set seismometers up, which have measured moon quakes uh, for a long time since, and it's just been really incredible what we've done and i think there's so much more we can do going back to the moon um whether or not we have a permanent settlement i don't know if we, if that's feasible or not but uh you know it might be something we would look at putting something short term on there just to kind of test our ability to do something to mars because when you go to mars it's a the, the commitment to go to mars is a much longer commitment oh, in terms of getting there and coming yep. back uh, Dr. Chris Stockdale with uh, Marquette University in Wisconsin joining us this afternoon. Yes. He is the Associate Professor and Assistant Chair of uh, Physics there. I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Thank you very much. Thank I appreciate so the opportunity much. to talk to you. Take care now. And uh, so wondering, wondering about you, uh, Chadville. This happened, what, a few years before I was born, about five years before I was born. Do you remember that day? Do you remember sitting around maybe in, you know, the grainy black and white TV at your at your grandmother's place or maybe at your parents' place? Did you watch it? What were your memories of that day? What did you think? And, and you know, what do you think about the future of it as well? Be curious to know. Let me know at 6.30, Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on jupiter and mars in other words hold my hand in other words baby kiss me So as we, you know, finish out this uh, half hour, the first half hour of the show, we're talking about the uh, the Apollo uh, launch, the Apollo 11 voyage, the 50th anniversary of it. And, of course, it was really spearheaded and uh, and kicked off back in, in September of 1962 when uh, then U.S. President uh, John F. Kennedy uh, told a large crowd gathered at Rice Stadium in Houston, Texas, um, that <clears throat> that it was time to go to the moon. And the speech was intended to persuade the American people to support the Apollo program. Um, and, and the tagline in it, we choose to go to the moon. Take a listen. William Bradford, speaking in 1630 of the founding of the Plymouth Bay Colony, said that all great and honorable actions are accompanied with great difficulty and both must be enterprised and overcome with answerable courage if this capsule history of our progress teaches us anything it is that man in his quest for knowledge and progress is determined and cannot be deterred the exploration of space will go ahead whether we join in it or not, we mean to be a part of it. We mean to lead it. 
for the eyes of the world now look into space to the moon and to the planets beyond our leadership in science and industry our hopes for peace and security our obligations to ourselves as well as others all require us to make this effort to solve these mysteries to solve them for the good of all men there is no strife no prejudice no national conflict in outer space as yet its hazards are hostile to us all its conquest deserves the best of all mankind we choose to go to the moon we choose to go to the moon We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win. Oh, I do love a great speech. John F. Kennedy at um, Rice Stadium in Houston, Texas, September 12th, saying we choose to go to the moon. And what, seven years later, they went to the moon. Thanks for text. Your text coming in at 630-630. Your thoughts on space travel and about that uh, Apollo launch, the moon landing uh, a few sh- days afterwards, what you saw. Uh, always love reliving a bit of history with you on the 630 Ched Afternoon News.